Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining us again on our second episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. I am your host, Kelby Bachman, and the song you just heard is Swag Surfing by Fly Life Youngsters and is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Liam Cronin. Liam is the 125-pounder for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. In this episode, we touch on topics such as food, marriage, and of course, wrestling. Enjoy. All right, ready for another episode of Let's Talk Wrestling. Today, my guest is Liam Cronin. How's it going? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Um, 125-pounder for Nebraska. How's it been going so far this year? It's going great. Um, you know, it's a lot better since last year. Yeah. All the COVID. True. Um, we don't have to test every day, which is nice. Getting poked in the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, training's going well. We're getting ready for our first competition. We actually have wrestle-offs this Saturday kind of have like a challenge match thing to get us ready. We'll make scratch weight. Um, and then we have our first duel. It's a tri-duel um, on November 11th, I believe. And uh, so that'll be our start of beginning of our season. We'll go into uh, North Carolina. It'll be good. Nice. And uh, is that open to the public on Saturday? It is, yeah. So it's kind of like an open room, so anyone can come. Uh, we do have a big wrestling room, so there'll be a lot of room for people to show up. Nice. What time is that? I think it's 9 a.m. start time, 8 a.m. weigh-ins. So it's like just a normal duel, but it'll be in the wrestling room, not Devaney uh, Center, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'll be good. Nice. All right. Well, geez. Yeah, maybe some people have to check that out. Um, any major focus that you've had so far to this point in the season? I know it's early yet, but top, bottom, or are you just working on conditioning or getting your nutrition down? or? So I've spent a lot of time, especially in the off-season, working on my defense. That was something Interesting. I, I saw last season, especially if there were some matches I lost pretty close, it would either be I'd get taken down first in the match and then I have to rally a bunch of points to come back. It's kind of what my style was last year. So just getting away from giving the first takedown point away. So I worked a lot on defense this summer, this preseason, um, bottom, obviously, Top, you know, all areas, but it was really a big focus on defense. That was something I needed to work on. That's interesting because that's not a typical answer that I hear from wrestlers that that's what they work on is defense. But obviously, the, the saying goes, "Good defense can lead to good offense." Yeah. But that's yeah. So that's just interesting that defense is what you worked on. That's that's pretty that's pretty cool. Yeah. So we have Travell. Obviously, he joined mm-hmm. the staff yeah. this summer, and he's a genius of wrestling. One of the smartest guys I've been around, um, knows almost everything, every technique, um, great coach. So when he came into the room, he kind of asked me, so what are some things you need to work on? Um, defense was like a big, was my big thing I wanted to get better at because I'm not afraid to score a lot of points in a match, take a lot of shots. Mm -hmm. But what hindered me was sometimes giving up that first takedown, um, or, let's say, in overtime at Big Tens in the quarters where I lost to Devin Schroeder, I gave up a takedown in overtime. So just kind of working on 
um, my leg D and getting comfortable with it and not just getting stressed and anxious when people get to my leg. So kind of breaking that habit of, okay, someone's on my leg, I can score. Because my mindset before, and I'm sure for a lot of wrestlers, when someone gets to your leg, you tighten up and you get stressed out. You're like, oh my God, he's on my leg. Mm-hmm. And you don't treat it as a scoring position as more of something I needed to avoid. And so I think a lot of my wrestling at the beginning of my collegiate career was avoid people getting to my legs, right? So taking a lot of shots, having a lot of volume, or squeezing in the ties and just afraid of people getting to my legs. And so with Travell, it was kind of changing that mindset to treat every position as a, as a scoring opportunity. So there's something that we say in the wrestling room, there's no stalemates. So, you know, sometimes in practice, you tap your buddy. It's like, okay, yeah. you know what? Just stop right yep. there. Yeah. We're not going anywhere. We've got to figure it out in the wrestling room. And so that's something I've adopted with my leg defense is just trying to get to funky positions, stuff he showed me that's, that's really awesome, high-level technique, and uh, just adopting that to my wrestling game. And it's made wrestling more fun because I'm not afraid, especially in the practice room, people getting my legs, getting taken down, you know, it's whatever. But having that confidence, going into season, knowing that I've spent a lot of time on one area, something that I was uncomfortable with, that now it's it's a position I like a lot. We're like three minutes in, and already that's some really powerful stuff for wrestlers and stuff that I feel is kind of not really looked on or or, or taken seriously is that when somebody gets in on their leg, like you are saying, that's when, the, that's when it begins. That's when the wrestling begins. Yeah. You know, and some of the best wrestlers I think of, first one that just comes to mind is Mark Perry, that you got in on his legs and it was, that's when he was ready to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And so you think of like Yanni and that's just, that's a whole nother area and position that I agree. I don't think it's really worked on enough. Yeah. So this is interesting and good stuff that you just said that there's no stalemate. So yeah, when it, you wrestle through every single position because they're not going to stalemate really in a match just because you're not wrestling a whole lot they will but you know like if you're so and then you I think you put yourself in a position in the practice room of getting in awkward weird positions defensively offensively and learning to work through that translates into your wrestling into competition Mm -hmm. right you're comfortable as many I try to put myself in as many positions as I can that I'm uncomfortable with so when it comes time that okay I've been here before right I don't want to just go into the wrestling room. We don't, as a team, want to go into the wrestling room and just hammer the same stuff every day. You look at teams like Penn State, they're great. They spend a lot of time in different positions, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's where our sport is moving towards, you know? It's getting more creative. You see guys like Yanni, perfect example. He does the craziest stuff yeah. in matches. You know, it's not that Iowa style really anymore right. where you're just – squeezing and hoping and trying to break that person you know that works for some guys but Mm -hmm. i feel like when you look at the best wrestlers in the world they're very creative you know they're doing all types of stuff it's not just you know crazy things that don't work but if there's an intent it's like creative wrestling and so creative wrestling nice yeah just trying to create that in the wrestling room you know like i'm not going to the room and doing ten thousand different things you know i'm i'm doing what i'm best at like my underhook inside ties you know i have a focus but i want to be creative with it how i get to it how my hand fight is different mm-hmm. how guys on my leg single leg i have a couple different ways to defend that same with high crotch whatever it is yeah. it's just being more creative and that kind of goes hand in hand with like visualization when when you put yourself in your mind in a spot that 
you you know that you think you're going to be in and then when you're there you already know how kind of to react yeah it's kind of the same thing when you're you know someone's in on a shot and you're like oh i felt this before yeah. because that's kind of a huge deal with wrestling is is a feel you know you feel you've been in a position you can kind of figure out what you want to do to get out yeah. of it it's never like you're never going to go into a match and it's going to be what you want it's never going to be okay i'm going to get to my Single leg and it's be exactly right. like this. The dude's going to give you a different feel every time, no matter who it is. Mm-hmm. Right? And so just preparing that way, uh, grabbing different partners, people that give different feels. I spent a lot of time this summer in the preseason wrestling with Brock Hardy. The dude is he's crazy. He's like, his hips are so flexible. He can do, he's like the closest thing you can get to a Yanni <laughs> yeah. in our wrestling room. He can do everything, right? He's so flexible, and he's very creative. He does stuff that you're just like, where would you learn that from? So grabbing guys like that and putting myself in positions that I'm not comfortable with or I have a hard time winning, mm-hmm. it's not only improved my confidence, but it's bettered my technique. And what about somebody like, I know Boo Dryden. Yeah, Boo. Six, transferred six here. foot one, one thirty three pounder, the tallest yeah. one thirty three pounder I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he gives you some different feels. Yeah, and that's he's, just, that's he's a, a monster on yeah. top. He's a uh, which is something I need to prepare mm-hmm. someone like Spencer Lee, mm-hmm. who's got great top game. Right. right, it's almost like a, everyone thinks it's a mystery to get out from him. He's so good on top, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but having guys like Boo. Who are good on top? Who give? Who have a size advantage over me? So I have to figure out ways to get out. So that's another example of yeah. you know I got to be creative to get away from someone like that. Right? Yeah, because you might you might be able to incorporate that to get out from a guy like Spencer Lee because you need to figure out a way to get out, and so you can just somehow just figure out a way. Yeah, you got to figure. Sometimes out a way. you, you just got to figure it out. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, a lot. Another thing to give you some different feels um, is Greco-Roman, and I know you, you've had some very good success. You were a national champ in 2019 yeah. at the U23s. So, mm-hmm. um, that was a big. How how has that kind of played into your wrestling? Because not a lot of people. We talked about a little bit ago. Not a lot of people do Greco. They they focus on folk style and freestyle. Yeah. But you love the Greco, and I love watching the Greco. Because you just wait for something to happen. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's, you know, you're not just, it can be boring. Greco can be boring, right? Yeah. It can be that heavyweight classic match of I'm just going to push you out once or you're yeah. going to push me out once or we're going to get passive. Um, I just love the throw aspect of it. Yeah. So I grew up in high school wrestling, or not wrestling, but doing judo. Mm-hmm. My uh, assistant coach was on the Olympic team in 1992. And so he forced all the guys around varsity to do judo. And I loved it. It was fun. Um, so I never really learned Greco, like the right way, I guess you should say. Yeah. You know, I never had a Greco coach. It was just something I translated from judo to my wrestling. And I think it gave me that creative edge that not a lot of people get. So I was able to kind of translate my judo skills and bring it into wrestling. And it's kind of like a awkward, weird feel that not a yeah. lot of people like because I'm pulling. I'm not really pushing a lot. People mm-hmm. kind of get they're nervous, you know, especially people that people that aren't comfortable being thrown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I don't know. I've always been drawn to Greco. It's just something that I enjoy doing. You know, I don't really get nervous competing in Greco yeah. because you know I've never trained in it. It's just something. Obviously, I want to win. Yeah, every Greco tournament match I'm in, but it's just something I've really enjoyed. I love the throw aspect of it. 
And that is something that Greco-Roman can keep you if you're, you know, if you're successful at it like you are, can keep you in matches at all times. Yes. Until it's over or you're pinned or you're t- like, it doesn't matter. You can throw at any moment. Yeah. And so. It's just uh, trying to figure out ways to trick a person that doesn't like going upper body to get upper body. Right. Me. And so I've spent also some time um, trying to mask, disguise ways to get people to go upper body with me because mm-hmm. they know, okay, maybe Cronin's an upper body guy. He likes throws. You know, everyone knows I like to do underhook. Yeah. And so it's just finding ways to get to those positions that people don't want to be in with me because who wants to get thrown in their head? Right. You know, I don't. Yeah, no, me. <laughs> but I'm, I'm very <laughs> I'm comfortable there, and I've spent a lot of time throughout my career upper body. And so it's just something I'm drawn to. I, I love it. It's fun. Yeah. Um, awesome. So you uh, you won gold at Fila Junior World Cup. Where was that at? It was in Concord. It was called... I don't even know what the name of it was. It was like the World Cup duels mm-hmm. or whatever. And so I wrestled this kid from Hungary. He actually yeah. beat me in the duel. Yeah. So I think I wrestled Sweden, Hungary. There was a couple states from the United States there. Mm-hmm. And I was on the USA team. And uh, he beat me pretty bad in the duel. And then I wrestled him in the individual tournament, and I ended up beating him. I don't know. It was 4-0. to zero. Yeah. This was a long time ago. Yeah. But, yeah, that was like an important like turning point for me in Greco because I was like, man, I can actually do this. Yeah. I didn't, it was only my third year wrestling because I started wrestling my freshman year of high school. Really? Yeah. So I think it was my junior year. They just kind of invited me. Um, I think I met an All-American at Fargo, seventh mm-hmm. place the yep. year before. Um, and I didn't have any expectations to really go win. It was just a learning experience for me. I was kind of brand new into wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really know much Greco. I was just going there to try my judo stuff out. My coaches, yeah, grab an arm and freaking throw them on their head. <laughs> and so I learned a lot there, and it was just a big confidence boost for me. You know, beating that guy, I think he ended up being a cadet world medalist. Wow. And so that gave me confidence of, okay, I'm going to pursue Greco. And I kind of want to absorb and learn more Greco. And that led to me going to Fargo that following year, and I took third in Greco. Um and then in college, I've won uh, U23 Nationals, and I mm-hmm. haven't competed in Greco since then. Actually, I, that's scratch that. I did in Senior Nationals mm-hmm. last year. I didn't place, didn't do uh, that well. I think I went 60 kilos with yeah. weight class. But, yeah, it was that was a big turning point for me, that tournament. Yeah, yeah, because you went into it. I, I can't help but think a part of it was because you – you didn't have any expectations, and sometimes that is good going into tournaments because you have no pressure. You don't feel like it you freed have any me pressure. up. Yeah, for sure. Right. I wasn't going out there like with self pressure of okay, I'm the first seed, I'm going to win this thing. Right. And you know, some people they feel that pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, being the guy that's great at that sport or uh, you know whatever it may be. But yeah, I was just like, hey, I'm here to. They want me on the team. I'm going to learn stuff. Try to throw some people. And who wanted who wanted you on the team exactly? Um, it was Coach Halverson. Rest in peace to him. Yeah. He died earlier this summer, but um, he called me, called my coach Alan Clinton up. Mm-hmm. Was like, "Hey, we want Liam to wrestle." It was fifty kilograms, one hundred ten pounds. Jeez, who weighs? Yeah, <laughs> who weighs that? Yeah, who weighs that? I was very tiny, yeah. but um, I was like, "Hell yeah, let's do it!" Yeah, love to compete. So awesome. Um, and so yeah, you just referenced Alan Clinton. He was uh, he was your coach in high school. Um, 
Orange, California, right? Yeah, Orange County, California. Orange in County? The city of Orange. The, so is that like Orange County, like the OC? It's the OC. It's the OC. So have you seen that show, I think, on HBO? White. Yeah, my wife loves it. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where I'm from. Oh, nice. Is it? Is it like that out there, like it is in the show? There are some parts. <laughs> Newport Beach, yeah. um, but where I'm from, I'm about 15 minutes from the ocean. Gotcha, nice. Um, the suburbs, I guess you should, would say, the yeah. city. Yeah. So it's actually, it's not that nice. Yeah. It's pretty nice though. Nice. And so your, your, your coach, Alan Clinton, he, he started the program in 2006. So your, your high school program has only been going for about 15 years. Yeah. So I think I got there in 2012 was my freshman year. So. And that was your first year. That was my first year wrestling. Why did you go out? Um, my neighbor, his name's Luke. He wrestled at Servite and he was a part of like one of the first teams um, the serve I had and uh, I was too small to play football obviously. Yeah. couldn't I wasn't really good at uh, ball sports so mm-hmm. baseball all that and I actually was doing like jujitsu martial arts before I started wrestling mm-hmm. so probably 6th 7th 8th grade I was into jujitsu and I was doing kickboxing and all that yeah. and he's like you know what? why don't you just come try a wrestling camp in the summer going into freshman year and I didn't know what wrestling really was. I just, you know, I figured it was WWE or something. The classic, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, of people that don't know yeah. wrestling. Yeah. And uh, he took me to the first practice, and it was really hard, and I was getting my butt kicked. Yeah. And I was like, man, who wants to do this? But this is going to be my only sport I can play in high school. And my dad kind of gave me the ultimatum of, you're going to play a sport, or you're going to work. And mm-hmm. so I was like, man, I would rather wrestle. And it's going to help my in martial arts like my goal was to be I want to be in the UFC one day yeah like I had no idea about wrestling I didn't want to wrestle in college you know I didn't know anything about wrestling in college I think I watched my first college wrestling match um NCAAs maybe when I was a freshman um going to freshman year and uh so that was basically my first experience was going into the practice room in a summer camp at Servite Mm -hmm. high school and just getting beat up and he's like, there you go. It's going to be your sport. And I was like, all right. Yeah. It's going to help with my martial arts. I had no idea they would leave me to wrestle in college. Right. Big 10. Yeah. It's crazy. And and so you were a two-time runner-up out in California. And for a lot of us Midwesterners, we aren't really aware of quite the ram, like quite the, the state wrestling tournament in California. Um, give us kind of an idea of what it's like to wrestle out there. Cause obviously in Iowa, it's three classes in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. There's multiple classes. I think there's three, um, you know, but California, there's one, there's one and it's huge. You're right. It could be divided up into four States. Yeah. Right. And so obviously our season is, it's kind of like close to having an, like a division one wrestling season. You have your tournaments at the beginning of the year, you have some duels you don't really face t- tough competition until you go to a tournament like Doc B. Or we traveled out of state a lot. We would go to Arizona. Ah. Um, we went to Nevada, the Nevada Classic. We mm. went to this tournament called Peoria, where I would wrestle some good guys. I wrestled Roman Bravo Young there in high ah, school. Okay. Brandon Courtney, guy at my weight who's mm-hmm. good. Um, Arizona so, State. Yeah, Arizona State. And so I would get really tough competition outside of California. I wouldn't wrestle the best guys until um, probably going to state mm-hmm. or a it's, master's it's not, tournament. Yeah, it's not called state there, is it? It's just called the California State Wrestling Tournament. Okay. So it's not called states. It would be the state tournament, yeah. right? Okay. And so we would have all that tough competition out of the state. Um, 
we would have a couple tough tournaments, like five counties. I don't know if you've heard of that. It was like our tough tournament in Southern California. And then we would gear up for our league, which mm-hmm. is like us, St. John Bosco. Oh, yeah. Tough team. Um, and then a couple other teams in the league. And then we would move on to CIF. And then mm-hmm. we would go Masters State. Jeez, a lot of rounds. What about Clovis? Yeah. They're, Clovis they're is good. There. They're yep. central. So they're not in Southern California. They're a bit uh, north of us. Mm-hmm. So the central section has great wrestling. Buchanan, all the Clovises, Clovis East, uh, South, yeah. West, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, Gilroy, where uh, Daniel Cormier coaches. Oh, yeah. Great school there. So the central coast section is legit at wrestling. Yeah. Like, they're good. They always have the top three teams in the state tournament or are from the central section. So, I mean, it's there's great wrestling in California. Yeah. It's very centralized. Mm-hmm. Like right. So if, you get, so if you get up way up north or way down south, it probably spreads out a little bit. Yeah. it's We have Servite who usually wins a majority of the stuff mm-hmm. in the southern section. Um, St. John Bosco is great. Yeah. Um, and then you have... There's some other schools. It's been a while since I've been yeah. to high school, but this is when I was there. Um, then you have the central section with all the Buchanan, Clovis, and then you get uh, north. There's like Vacaville. They have a good team. But, yeah, there's – and then when you get to the state tournament, there's kids that you've never seen before or heard of, yeah. and they might upset you mm-hmm. or they'll play. So it's almost like NCAAs. How many, how many kids are in your bracket? I think it's 33 people or 40. I think it's 33 or 40. Wow. So it is like going to an NCAA tournament. Yeah, and they place out to eight? Yeah, they place out to eight. Jeez. And it's double elimination. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a hard tournament. Yeah. And you don't know. You've never heard of these kids because they're from everywhere. And you don't know what his record was or what he was like or how he did during the season. So you might just yeah. face a tough dude in the first round who's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, yeah, around here – you know, uh, you can find tape on a guy. You can go yeah. scout him if you need to. You you generally have a you good idea. You generally know who the good guys are. And in California, you generally know, okay, who the top four guys, you know, you're watching your your uh, opponents. You mm-hmm. kind of know. But the dude that's ranked 16th, 17th, he could be all the way up north. Yeah. You wrestle him, you're like, damn, this guy's good. Yeah. I've never heard of him. But. <laughs> and so uh, you started wrestling your freshman year. What, what kind of? progress led you to wrestle in college um so my freshman year i had a worse than a negative record i think i was 0 and 20 i didn't win one match really and i was on jv mm-hmm. so i was very close to quitting i was like this is it's horrible I, yeah you know i'm putting all this hard work in and i'm not seeing results and obviously wrestling is a result driven sport you know the more work you put in the better results you're going to get and yeah. i didn't really understand that at first it was kind of like I'm doing these hard practices once a day, and I'm expecting to go out there and win. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's that plus time and extra and doing the right things. Mm-hmm. So I was new to wrestling. I didn't know that you had to have a good diet. I didn't know you had to strength train, do extra wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. club practices, whatever it may be that people do extra to get better. Um, I didn't realize that until after the season. I was like, I kind of looked at myself and talked with my coaches and I was like, man, how do I keep that from happening again? <laughs> yeah. Right. And just getting beat up. Um, and I think that's that summer going to sophomore year, my coach and I kind of just developed a plan of like what I wanted to do. And I kind of had this crazy idea of, I want to be a state champion. Yeah. 
and everyone on my team's looking at me like, dude, you just went 0 20 as a JV wrestler who weighs 89 pounds. Yeah. How could you do that? And just there was something inside me where I just had this so much self belief, and I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know where it came from. Um, because when I played sports in middle school, I hated baseball. <laughs> I would sit mm-hmm. with a glove on my head and I would pick grass. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just never, I didn't really have that drive because I wasn't in the sport that I loved until I got into martial arts, jujitsu, whatever it was. I mm-hmm. loved it. And I, it, something drew, drew me in. And I don't know if it was the individual competition, um, the hard work aspect of it, but I just had this like, just something inside me was like, I want to be a state champion, but there's a lot of work to do to yeah. turn around and turn that freshman season into a, a better year the next year and so it was just a slow progression of having a plan I had this big calendar yeah that my coach gave me and I would write my weight in every morning mm-hmm. and I would mm-hmm. write what I ate and I would write my workouts in and now thinking and back this was in high school you this were doing? is in high school wow and he just we just had like a plan it was almost like close to what we do in college you know you have a plan to begin the season you mm-hmm. write your goals down you know you're writing all your stuff out it's stuff I still do today that has helped me be successful at every level. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know what it was. It's just deep self-belief, no matter what people said. Mm-hmm. Like, man, there's no way you're going to do that. You won't even be on the varsity <laughs> next year. I made the varsity lineup. Um, as a sophomore? Yeah, as a sophomore, which is a big deal to me. Right. It was like my first step to making my goal of being mm-hmm. a state champion, yeah. which was seemed like galaxies away <laughs> for some people. But for me, it was just so close. I knew every day I could get 1% better. And my coach believed in me, which is a huge part. Mm-hmm. You know, if he didn't believe in me, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. Right? I would just be kicking rocks somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it was just a slow progression of, I didn't make the state tournament my sophomore year. I didn't even make the Masters. I just lost at the CIF tournament, yeah. which is the tournament after league. So people are like, yeah, we told you, like, you wouldn't do it. And <sighs> I was like, no, next year I'll do it. Yeah. And I made this huge leap from never um, making the Masters tournament or state tournament the next year to taking second at state and being ranked second in the nation. And it was like a this big, huge idea of people are like, how did you do that? It was just, I don't know, self-belief and a lot of hard work. And it just mm-hmm. transformed into, okay, now maybe I want to wrestle in college. Okay, now I want to wrestle in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I want to be a starter in the Big Ten. Did something click? Between, like, did you notice really any difference between your sophomore and junior year that there was just something that clicked? Was it a move or was it uh, something you were training? Like, there was, was it a song you were listening to? Like, was it something that just kind of. It was, it was this weird thing of where I would have to. I think I rest, I watched a video on YouTube. It was, it sounds weird, but Mm -hmm. I looked up on the internet how to be a state champion. And obviously there's. It's no simple (laughs) equation on the internet. It's like, okay, Liam, this is what you need to do. But I was so obsessed with it. I don't know why. I just would look on the internet, like how to be a state champion. Led me to a Dan Gable uh, video on YouTube of him in like the 1990s coaching his team. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I want to be a Hawkeye. I want to be a tough guy. (laughs) Right. And so it made me just work so hard. I would wake up at night. Or I wouldn't wake up, but it would be really late at night, and I would decide, okay, I need to go on a run because I, I know my competition out there isn't doing that. So I would just do weird, crazy things that now, looking back at, I wouldn't do now because I know 
um, recovery and smart training, but I was just this kind of this dumb high schooler that <laughs> thought doing all this stuff late at night at midnight was making me better. But I think it didn't really do anything for me physically, but mentally, I believe that I was doing more than everyone. And so I think it was just self-confidence. I wasn't learning any special moves. I was doing what everyone else was doing, mm-hmm. but I had this deep belief and like obsession that's led that I still have today. That's interesting because they're basically what you're saying is there's not there's no one way or one thing that you can do to get you to the top. Like yeah. there's there's a process and it just it, it's just a grind. It's just a grind. And that's it's all a it consistent was. Grind and there's yeah. been a lot of. <laughs> Like ups and downs, more downs and ups, right? I still, there's a lot of things I haven't done. I haven't been All-American, national champion, Big Ten champion. Like there's still, I never want to state title. So there's a lot of stuff I fill up, fell short mm-hmm. that a lot of people would be like, man, like good job, title on the back, second place at state. Right. Or NCAA qualifier or being ranked top eight most of the season, whatever it may be. But there's a lot of things that I, there, I guess I could say there's a lot of more losses than wins that I've had. And it's just something that's fueled me and I've never I've never been defeated really. Like I never sat back and be like, that beat me, I'm done. Like I'm gonna quit. It's always just consistent work, hard work, smart work, and always trying to do more and learn and get better. So I either win or I learn. It's something my brother always said to me when I was in high school. I was just gonna say, I found I found a quote from you. You said, um, you gave it to the Indiana Daily Student. Uh, I take a loss as a learning lesson, so I either win or I learn. It hurts to lose. I don't forget about the losses, but it definitely motivates me to get better. And then you said, it's exciting to look and see what I need to improve uh, because I'm never going to be perfect. Nobody ever is is ever going to be a perfect wrestler. And so, yeah, when I heard you say that, you either win or you learn. You don't really think of it as a loss. You think of it as learning. I think of it as like I just got to get better no matter what. If I go beat the guy, I still got to get better because there's everyone's doing the same thing. And you said or, your brother said that? I either I either win or I learn. Yeah. It's something he <laughs> he would always tell me. And my brother was never a wrestler or anything. Yeah. He just, I don't know if he read that somewhere. <laughs> He's just a yeah. big brother and he wants me to do well and he looks out for me. It's just something he always would say to me. And he, you know, he wasn't a great the best athlete in high school. He played baseball. Mm-hmm. Really doesn't know anything in wrestling. Maybe he knows stuff just from watching me, but it was just something he always said. You know, you either win or you learn. Because I would kick myself. I'd lose. God, I suck. You know, all that right. stuff you yeah. say, it was just, no, dude, either win or you learn. And losing sucks. Yeah. Everyone hates to lose. Yes. I don't know anyone that's loses and goes, well, <laughs> thank God I lost. <laughs> right? right? And it's just being able to, to change your mindset and not being afraid to go out there and perform at your best and like the result is going to happen no matter what right but i have a better chance of winning if i go out there with that mindset of i'm going to wrestle as hard as i can for seven minutes 10 minutes 20 minutes whatever it is i'm going to give my best effort and i'm not worried about the result and i think once i learned that it changed for me totally i wasn't result driven obviously i have goals that i want to accomplish but when i changed my mindset of like caring about the wins and losses and just doing my best and, you know, win or learn basically mindset. That's when I, especially I saw big jumps in my college career Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. And I also thought it was interesting when you said it's exciting to look back and see what I need to improve. I'm like, it almost, I don't want to say that you're like, obviously you're not excited when you lose because losing sucks, but 
it's it's kind of more like the process of I lost. Well, I'm excited now to see what I can improve. Yeah, I on. know what I need to work on, right? People, it's like like that embracing that thing. Is nice. It's like if you continue to keep winning and winning, it's like how much can you really learn from that? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the best in the world. They do learn from their wins, but when you lose, it's like a it's like a whoa, like a self reflection. Mm-hmm. Like okay, now I know what I need to get better at. He beat me in this position. My mindset maybe wasn't where I want it to be. You know, all these things I can control, I can get better at. Mm-hmm. I can't control the wins and losses. I wish I could. Yeah. Every athlete does. I can only control what I do outside of wrestling, what I do in the wrestling room, in my life, that gives me the best chance to win. So that's the part I love about wrestling. And, yeah, awesome. That that I mean, you definitely won, it seems like, also um, moving here to the Midwest from California. Or did you lose? Or did you learn? I think I, <laughs> I, I might have lost during the winter because, yeah. <laughs> you know, being from California, it doesn't get colder than the high 50s. And sometimes during, I remember going back for Christmas and it was 83 degrees and I was at the beach. Yeah. Who gets to do that in the Midwest? There's no beaches. Yeah, no, there's not. No, it's not. negative Sorry. 10 degrees with <laughs> four feet of snow. <laughs> and, uh, and so you started your wrestling career out. So you came from Orange, California. You came to Indiana first. What led you to Indiana? So I wanted to wrestle in the Big Ten. And it was either between uh, Indiana or Minnesota. And Minnesota was too cold. And I kind of just, I liked mm-hmm. Indiana a little better. The weather was better. And mm-hmm. I think it maybe it was because I visited Indiana in the spring. <laughs> And I visited Minnesota near the fall, so yeah. it was like, oh, my God, this is really cold. And uh, I think they might have tricked me a little bit with yeah. the weather. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I just felt like Indiana was the right move. And, I mean, it was because I met my wife there. Yeah, so there's there's a win. There's yeah, definitely met great a win. friends, and mm-hmm. uh, I had a, you know, a f- great time there. I think it was my time to just move on, mm-hmm. I felt. But yeah, it was a great experience. And so then, then you came to Nebraska. Last last year was your, I guess you could say your first My year. First year in Nebraska. You know, um, this will be really your first year because last year COVID, you know, and that kind of interrupted everything. But but this year, I, I just want to know for the record, you're not just going to schools that are red and white, are you? No. 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 Okay. So that had nothing to do with it. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Okay. I uh, <laughs> when I entered the transfer por- portal, I. W- like, my goal was to stay in the Big Ten, but I didn't know how possible it was with, like, inter- inter-conference transfer. I mm-hmm. didn't really know much about it. But when uh, Coach Snyder gave me the call, it was like, this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Because we had dueled them when I was at Indiana. I, I wrestled mm-hmm. Nebraska. They had a great team. They took second at Big Tens that year. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have an NCAA tournament, but I'm sure yeah. they would have done great. And so when they called me and they pitched their plan, I was like, hell yeah, this is where I want to go. And uh, who doesn't want to stay in the Big Ten? Right. The greatest conference of wrestling in the world. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so that was my goal. So you got brought over to Nebraska. and um, Are you are you still studying? I am, yeah. Okay. I'm going to finish my child, youth, and family studies. Child, youth, services. and family? Yeah. Uh, degree this spring. Nice. Cool. So then I'll be done. Yeah? No Unless no, there's no another masters. COVID or something. Yeah. And they're bringing me back. But this this should be the last year. Yeah. And it'll be your bachelor's, so then you'll be... Yeah, then I'll be done. Mm-hmm. And so um, you're married. I, I heard you say you're married, so you won there, obviously, going to Indiana. But then you got married in July, in July, July 17th. Yeah. How has that been so far? 
Um, it's been great. Yeah. You don't really hear many athletes, collegiate athletes married. So it's just, you yeah. know, I think and there's an exception. I'm an old, yeah. an older guy. Yeah. I should be gone. Yeah. I should be done with wrestling. <laughs> but yeah. Thanks to COVID. Uh, we get to compete another year, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's, I don't, I wouldn't say there's anything different. Mm-hmm. We've lived together for a while and yeah. been through a lot of stuff. So I feel like we've been married longer than we have. Yeah. Um, but it's exciting. I feel like I'm like the older guy on the team and the married guy. Yeah. You know, it's a little different. The dynamic relationships are different, um, but it's great. Everyone seems to love Kennedy and I. Yeah, so awesome. It's well, great. well, congrats to that. First off, um, second, um, you gonna wear your wedding wedding band? If they let the silicone me, one, I would love to. Yeah, you know, you'd um, be. I would. You'd be the first one that I would ever recall wearing. I'll try it and yeah. see if they make me take it off. Yeah, we'll I'll try throw this. It off the we'll try it this Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, cool. Yeah, that's cool. That um, it's interesting that you said that the it is a little bit different of a dynamic now that you're married in terms of relationships with the team. Not in a bad way, but like no, you're not. Yeah, Eric. Eric was here, and so he's just about as old as you are. Yeah, and so it, I get the vibe. You know, I'm married too, so I, I get I get it that like just being married. You know, you it's a little different, right? Oh, yeah. hey, are we gonna call Liam to come on over. I don't know. He's yeah, not I don't know. His wife. He's, at, he's Saturday night. I'm sure he's on the couch watching a movie with his Wait, wife, yeah, which, which is, is, it's reality now. Right. It's, it is. It less is. going out and hanging out with the guys. Like I still make time because mm-hmm. that's important team culture mm-hmm. of to course. be with my teammates outside of the wrestling room. So we, Kennedy and I do a lot of stuff with the team, especially in the preseason. Um, we hang out a lot together. That's but cool. That, that, that's was, cool. You can incorporate her that she's been, yeah, you know, She's she gets along well with the guys and then the guys' girlfriends, so it's like it's like a big family. Yeah, you know, there's no seclusion of anyone, so we all do stuff together still. Um, but COVID last year was weird because we couldn't do anything; we couldn't go out. Mm-hmm. So even just being together with the team was hard because we didn't want to give someone COVID. We couldn't right. go out to eat dinner. We couldn't go out downtown and do stuff. Um, so it was a little different. And now this year with everything opening up, we got to spend a lot of time together, which was a really first for me because it was like my first year. Right, right. Yeah. So you're probably seeing a part of Nebraska or at least the the campus that, that I wasn't able to see Yeah, before, yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Do you have a favorite place that you've eaten so far since you moved here? Um, That's a hard one. I ate at Yaya's the other day. Yaya's, that was pretty I've good. I've never been there. I haven't been there yet. Uh, I guess that's a – I know my wife is all about – food and reading up on Yelp and stuff. And so apparently that's a good pizza place. So, okay. I like blue sushi, which is weird because I'm, you're from California. I'm bougie with my sushi in California. I get the good stuff. And then when you come out here, everyone's like, I can't believe you eat Midwestern sushi. It's from a lake or a pond, but it's not bad. Right. I don't, yeah. It's not the worst. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Um, lead bellies is good. Mm -hmm. They got good burgers. Yeah. Really burgers. Okay. I've never um, been there yet. Yeah. It's good. You should try it. Yeah, because this is my this is my first year at Nebraska, so like okay. I'm kind of so like me. We're new. Yeah, yeah. We're try try everything out. There's some yeah. places that aren't as good. Yeah, and there's some places that are pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then I think some of the best food is in Omaha. Yes, yeah. I've had some great food there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just different. They got different stuff. Yeah, love it. Um, so let's see here. Um, do you have some like? Uh, I know um, just like a favorite snack with being a wrestler, a lot of times we don't get to eat a lot of food. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we do eat, we always have kind of, it seems like that one snack, like 
Eric was on last week talking about cereal and how he loves cereal, you know? And so, yeah. So zebra cakes was kind of a, a fun thing back in my day. I didn't know if there was like anything you, um, I love jalapeno chips. Really? Like, Weirdly. like Cheeto, like jalapeno Cheetos or no, just the, like the Lay's brand, the crispy. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. like my go-to. Um, but I'm a really big steak guy. Steak? Love steak. Yeah. I make my own steak on a Traeger. On a Traeger? Self Traeger. Oh, it's like okay. a smoker. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Self-proclaimed best steak maker in Nebraska. Really? Yeah. <laughs> have you made it for the team yet? I have. I've yeah. done cookouts. Before. Really? So, you know, if you ever want to try one, you come down to Liam Cronin's apartment. All right. Uh, I'll cook up steaks. Well, do, you, do you get it from somewhere specific or do you just kind no, of? No, just Hy-Vee or uh, I do Butcher Box. Oh, really? You know, like you yeah. can buy meat in a bundle and they'll mm-hmm. ship it to your house. I do a lot of that. It seems yeah. to be better bang for my buck because mm-hmm. I eat a lot of meat. Yeah. Almost every night is like really? a, a fish or a steak or a, Chicken. Yes. And so a big meat guy. Mm, does does, does uh, your wife, your wife is Kennedy, correct? Mm-hmm. Does, does she, does she do a lot of, a lot of the cooking? Because my wife loves to cook. Yeah. So, she I mean, does she, the sides. She does the sides. The baking. Mm. And I take care of the meat. I won't let her touch the meat. Yeah. I don't want her to mess it up. <laughs> right. Kennedy, yeah. But I just, I don't know what it is. I, juicy steak is yeah. my favorite food. I'll eat, I could eat a steak every night. Yeah. If it was uh, doable. What kind of sides do you have with it? Like what kind like, of size does she make? That's she does potatoes, um, like mashed like, potatoes, or uh, just like a chopped up potato seasoned mm-hmm. with oil, whatever. Mm-hmm. Throw them in the oven. Um, mm-hmm. I got a blackstone, so I do fried rice, Ooh, rice, really? chopped up vegetables. So a lot of my free time, I do a lot of cooking. Mm-hmm. Do you like prep? Do you have like a meal prep day where you? I don't. You it's know? kind of just. Whatever sounds good. Yeah. Pull out from the freezer in the <laughs> fridge. I usually have a lot of vegetables and then my meat in the freezer. So, um, yeah, it's just a lot of meat and vegetables. Nice. <laughs> and so you'll be competing, like I said earlier, 125 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, how's that How's that been with the with the steak then? I mean, do you? I keep a really clean diet. Yeah. So no and, steak. Uh, so, no, I do steak. You do still do steak. Yeah, that's good for me. I need it. Red it keeps meat. me strong. Mm-hmm. Keeps me energized. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have a problem cutting weight. I'd say my walking around weight is 32 to 34, depending mm-hmm. on what the day is. Beginning of the week, it's usually a little heavier. Yeah. Close to crunch time. Very uh, consistent with my weight yeah. management. I do the gallon a day trick. Yeah. Um, How's that work? Like, is that, is that? It works. It works? It's like a magic trick. Yeah. Obviously, you got to do it beforehand. So it's not just like you're overloading your body with mm-hmm. water a couple of days before competition mm-hmm. because... If your body's not used to it, you're just putting all this water and it's going to hold on to it, right? Some guys like to do a crystal light in their gallon of water, yeah. which is a big no, no, no. No, no crystal light. Yeah. Okay, so no crystal light. Um, just straight water. It's supposed to be like for every pound, I think it's for every pound, it's supposed to be an ounce of water. So I should be drinking like 130 something ounces of water. Wow. I usually drink more than that. Really? Like a gallon and a half because oh we God. sweat so much. I'll lose seven True. pounds in a practice. Jeez. I remember those days. Yeah. I don't, I think the most I ever lost, I think probably like five or five and a half, seven five pounds. Half. Yeah. I think five, five. It comes half. off easy. I, I just, know. I don't know what it is. It must be all the water I drink, but mm-hmm. I lose weight so quick and it makes it so much easier because then I'm not focused on cutting weight right. all season. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of guys do their weight cutting on the front end or the back end and it's just like, it's hard. Yeah. Focus on cutting weight. I'd rather be focused on other things, getting yeah. better, whatever it is, being comfortable and not sucking down and dying. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and like even just going out and just 
being able to socialize because sometimes when you're cutting weight, you're just like, yeah, you're that angry little, (laughs) I don't want to be the angry little dude on my couch. It's like mad at my wife. Just don't talk. Yeah. You know, I, why are you eating that in front of me? Yeah. Why are you eating in front of that? So, I mean, when I get to 126, 125, it's like, okay, I'm hurting, but Mm -hmm. it's not the worst. Yeah. It's been worse when I made 121 for the Greco tournament, U23s. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, that sucked. Yeah. That was extreme. It was the hardest weight cut I've ever done. Really? Oh, yeah. Did was, you cut weight in high school? I did, but not really. I think the only time I cut weight was my senior year. Mm-hmm. I kind of blew up and got into the 30s, and I was making 113. So Ooh. that was rough. Yeah. And so, but I was 106 naturally my sophomore, junior year. Then my freshman year, I was 89 pounds. Yeah. So I was... There was no cutting weight. I yeah. Was trying to <laughs> yeah, you were trying to gain peanut weight. butter shakes and uh, free peanut butter sandwiches, whatever you name it. I was yeah. trying to get big. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so uh, does your your quick transition here? Does your family still are they still out in Orange, California? Yeah, they live in Orange County. Yeah. All my family. And they come back. Do they make? Yeah, they try to make to the duels. I think last year they went to almost every home duel because we nice. had family come. Yeah, cool. And then they make it out for, like, the Big Tens, NCAAs. Mm-hmm. They enjoy it. My parents knew nothing about wrestling until yeah. I started, obviously. How are they as fans? Like, I know some moms can get really... Screaming? Yeah, my mom is opposite. She will really? sit there on her phone, and she's like, oh, Liam's up? And then she'll kind of watch and be on her phone or mm-hmm. iPad or whatever. She's interested, but she doesn't know much about it. And I'm sure she gets nervous watching yeah. me. What about your dad? My dad gets into it. Yeah, does he? He's not like that... Classic wrestling dad that's screaming at yeah, me, yeah. you know, get off bottom. Yeah. But he just, I can hear him screaming mm-hmm. my name and he gets, he does the the wrestling for me. You know, those <laughs> oh, people yeah, that yeah. are wrestling. Yeah. He does that. So he gets nervous, but my brother is, he loves it. Really? He loves watching me yeah. wrestle. He gets all into it, screaming, let's go, let's go. <laughs> so if I hear somebody, I know. If you ever hear someone say, let's go Lee. Yeah, That's probably totally. my brother. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, and then you just said that uh, they come to Big Ten. So Big Tens are actually going to be in Lincoln in this Lincoln, year. In Lincoln. Is that pretty? Is very exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. Because when you were at Indiana, did they they never hosted it while you were my there. My freshman year, but I wasn't in the starting lineup. Okay. I was, was that freshman. your Okay. So you redshirted. 2015 or 16. Mm-hmm. I redshirted. We had it there. And so I worked the tournament. I helped, yeah. you know, do all the behind the scenes stuff, which yeah. is really cool. Um, but to have it in Lincoln, our last year with yeah, a loaded last lineup, year. yeah, a great team. Like our goal is to go out there and beat Iowa, beat Penn State. Of and course, it. yeah, of course. And Michigan's got a good line. Like, and Michigan, yeah, it's uh, the Big Ten is loaded this year. Yeah. With everyone coming back. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Oh yeah, I'm gonna like. There's gonna be some fireworks, and I expect you to kind of light some of them. Oh yeah, in a little bit. Okay. Sure. That's so, my goal. <laughs> um, the title. Yes. That that'd be cooler. Last year that'd be a, that'd be quite yeah, a way good to go send off. Yeah, quite a way to go. So out. that's the goal for yeah, all of us. Of course, I mean, we all want to be in the finals and win that championship. So it's important that we score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Last year we had a we had a rough Big Ten tournament for myself and for a couple other guys, but especially going in CAA's. But this year it's you know we know we know what we need to do mentally, mm-hmm. physically. Yeah, still got third at Big Tens. We did, which was yeah pretty. Yeah. And then, you know, unfortunately, a nationals happened. So, like, have you kind of taken anything from that? Oh, yeah. To this year? Have you kind of? Yeah. So, I think going the Big Ten tournament, I was the second seed. I got upset in the quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost in overtime. So, I learned a lot from that. And then my NCAA tournament did not go very well. Um, so, I learned a lot, mostly mentally. 
there's a lot of things I need to work on. Obviously, there's things I need to work on uh, with my technique, um, wrestling oriented. But yeah, we took a lot from that. Mm-hmm. We had some meetings and we figured it all out. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> well, I look forward to it. Uh, to watching you November 11th, um, and then the following week against North Carolina. Yeah. Um, anything here? I'll just give you kind of the floor to. Say anything um, you want to fans or, you know, shout out to your wife. I know, yeah, I know my, my wife, hi wife, hi Ashley. <laughs> She's going to love that. But so. yeah, just uh, thanks for everyone listening to this podcast, everyone who supports wrestling, um, especially during all this crazy COVID stuff. You know, it's good to have loyal fans. Um, yeah. Thanks to my family, my teammates, um, my wife, obviously. Mm-hmm. She does a lot behind the scenes for me. Oh, yes. Sure that yes. I'm freaking ready to go. They She's do. like my little mascot yeah she's awesome yeah so yeah just thanks to everyone i guess and how long have you been together with her so you've been married for about four months now or so how long you've been together um so we met our freshman year we started out as friends obviously yeah yeah of course you know how it goes yeah and then uh, i think my second or third year i feel like we've been together for a long time uh so i'd say about four years Mm -hmm. ballpark nice that's yeah. awesome. So did did you ask you asked her out? I did. I asked her out, which was hard for me yeah. because I never had a serious girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be that guy in college. I was always like, I'll never get married in college. <laughs> I had a couple of teammates that were married, and I was like, I don't want to be that. I want to, you know, just be crazy and enjoy my time. Right. Um, but, yeah, it happened to me. You never expect it. Right. But it's a good thing. Yeah, and I'm of course. I'm very glad she's of the one. <laughs> I mean, that kind of happened with me and my wife. Like, it, it, we didn't expect it, and then all of a sudden it just— It just happens. Yeah. And when you don't expect it, right. I was That's like, um, I think we were sitting in a steak and shake one time, me and her. She's like, well, you think you'll ever get married? And I was like, no way. <laughs> no chance. And who would have thought that she would be my wife? Yeah. She still tells me that story all the time. Uh, I just well, like, That's yeah. funny. Well, remember what you ordered? Uh, probably double cheeseburger, yes. whatever they have there, yeah, and a milkshake. Yeah, it's my cheat. Of course, meal. that's your cheat meal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love In and Out, so nothing beats it. Oh, of course, yes, yeah, nothing of course not. Beats no, it. Yeah, we. I didn't know we had to say that. Nothing beats In and Out. Yeah. We know this. So, um, you get your fries, animal style. Oh, I do. Yeah, the onions, the cheese, um, their secret sauce, the Thousand Island sauce, mm-hmm. and I do a four by four. What's that? It's four patties, four uh, cheese on the burger. So it's like a quadruple burger. It's like, I don't know, there's not a camera here, yeah. but it's like the size of two bricks <sighs> cut in half. Yeah. It's hard to get your whole mouth on it. But, but you you have? <laughs> yeah. Have you done that? Okay. I have the appetite for yeah. it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll wrap it up here. Thanks for listening again. Um, thank you to my guest, Liam Cronin here, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest Liam Cronin and to Megan Straub for being a liaison and coordinating the interviews. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat to hear more of my content. And be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care and see you next time. I'm just